What's up, everybody? This is Not For Debate, G-Money with Havoc. Uh, make sure you check us out. What's up? I, know, I, just had, I, just had a, I just had an evil laugh inside of me that I had to let out. Oh, you got to let out? Why? What happened? Out of, it's, just been, it's been a while, man. I've, I've been on the grind, you man. Rocking, you rocking the Miami well? Okay, no UM, though. Where are the UM colors? Oh, bro, yeah. I mean, this is, look, this is, this is day off attire, you know? Got to represent. No. Even though we just lost to Florida State, but I, I'm pretty sure Banks is having a ball with that. But you know, whatever. I mean, who's? I mean, I, but I I grew up a Florida State fan, so that's that's not me. That's y'all. Even okay. though I have not, cool. I have not, I have not watched college football, and I don't has to been a, at least a decade. <laughs> yes, yeah, it's, it's different from back then. It's just different. It's um not as passionate as it used to be. Yeah, especially like up here in New York City. College football don't exactly hit the way it hits in some of the other parts of the country where, um, you know, college football's got a little more sway. New York City's still all about basketball? Uh, It's about, I mean, pro football, pro football and basketball, yeah. I didn't realize football was big in New York. I thought it was baseball and basketball. Oh, no, man. It's Jets, Jets and the Giants, bro. And it's like there's a borough attachment thing because, like, if you roll around Queens, it's 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 like it's Jets, Queens. Right? Yeah, Queens is like the Jets and the Mets um, and like Manhattan Bronx is more on the Giants and the Yankees. And Brooklyn mm-hmm. don't know what it wants. Right, to because be. I, back in the day, I, th- I think it was Shea Stadium. That's where the Jets used to play and also the Mets, I believe. Right. Uh, the Mets, was it yeah, the, the the Mets used to play at at at, at Shea, um, but the 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 Jets have been playing out in New Jersey for 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 a minute now. They've been playing out in, out in yeah, East Rutherford the too. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, man, that's uh, so I mean anyway, that's it. Just, uh, you know... Yeah, go ahead, man. I'm sorry about the delay. Uh, just make sure you catch us on Facebook and YouTube and listen to us on Spotify. Again, welcome back, Havoc. He's been my man's been busy, but it's good to see you. Um, anything you want to say before I you know get the first topic in? I mean, it's good to be here, you know. It's always good to come here, converse, talk about sports, talk about the world, talk about what's going on around us. Uh you know, it's just uh you know, it's very interesting because sports is really just a lens that we utilize to view things through. Like we, we were able to understand how chemistry works, how camaraderie works, how teamwork works through sports. But also through the lens of sports, we can take a look at society and better understand that because for many people, you know, not everybody, um, you know, not everybody knows 
all these, you know, I'm in school. Not everybody knows all these fancy terms that I'm paying all this money to learn. But I think mm-hmm. um, sports does allow us the ability to kind of um, encounter a lot of topics, encounter a lot of subjects that if it weren't for sports, regular day-to-day people would not be talking about these things. So, so as always, it's good to be here. Yeah, it's like a bridge to other conversations. I, I get you. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, think about it, even back in the day, you're talking about like Muhammad Ali and Jim Brown. You know, they mm-hmm. they 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 utilize their platform to, to get the word out on on what you know on on what what need to get uh what need to get out. So uh, always always interesting to come here and talk. That's cool, man. That's a great insight. And to that, I have something that I want to ask you that mm-hmm. me and um, Quinte talked about last week. But the first topic is Golden State Warriors. For the last two years, everyone's saying since when they are healthy, they're going to be a great team. Honestly, I didn't think they were going to be a great team. I thought they were going to be middle of the road, fifth, sixth, fourth seed, something like that. But they just came out the gate. Just they, they have speaking of chemistry, their chemistry is so nice the way they move the ball, the way they play together. And Steph right now is averaging 28.4 points a game, which is mm-hmm. which is great. Um, my my whole thing is I don't want to be a downer on the Golden State Warriors, but the reason why they got Kevin Durant is because when they get to the playoffs, teams get more physical and double team Steph off the pick and roll and make it harder for him. That's a lot of reasons why they couldn't beat the Cavs in sixteen. That's why they picked up Kevin Durant. Do you see that happening? Do you, Do you think this is just a regular season thing, and once they get to the playoffs, they'll something bad will happen, or do you really think Golden State has a chance to win it all? Well. I'll say number one, even throughout all the in- injuries and the the past two subpar seasons, I mean the organization is committed to their core guys, uh, yeah. Steph, Clay, and Draymond, and Steve Kerr as a coach. Uh, they're they're committed to their core guys. So you know you could look. I mean, look, Draymond Green. You know he's he's an integral part of that team. But you put Draymond Green on the Sacramento Kings, it, it's probably not that sweet. So. <laughs> I'm just saying, you know. So mm-hmm. they've been able to keep their core together. So really, they're they're the Golden State Warriors are are really they're just a bear that's been hibernating the past few winners. And now, mm-hmm. but at the end of the day, when you put the bear in the right situation, a bear is going to be a bear. And Steph Curry is playing out of his mind right now. So I think what we're what we're seeing right now is, and this happens a lot, like when particularly when teams, um, like really good teams, their players get older, they have to they have to shift their game, they have to rework rework how they win games. I, I think about the Bulls of the '90s when mm-hmm. you know um, early '90s, it was high flying, it was high flying Jordan, it was. Um, it wasn't really post up fadeaway Jordan, you know. It was still beating guys off the dribble, taking it to the hole, um, just being the most athletic guy out there with Horace Grant, Scottie Pippen, and them. But then the '96 Bulls were a more mature Bulls team, and you know they're a little bit wiser, they're a little bit stronger. They didn't have to utilize as much energy to get the job done. But what we're seeing right now is. I mean, look, a lot of guys in the league could shoot, 
but there's only one Steph. There's only one Steph. And, you know, uh, when I think when, when people – you talk about the greatest shooters, of course, people bring up Steph. But when they talk about just the greatest players overall, his name is not really brought up. But, you, you know, my – I mean, look, my in my opinion, you want to talk about the greatest point guards of all time? For me, Steph is top three. He's, I mean, top three, top three. I, I, okay. I, give me your, give me your top three. I want to hear it. Cause I got, I got my top five. Well, okay. Number one is magic. Um, number two, you know, number two is number two is very, there is no definitive number two. I think it just comes down to preference. Um, mm. for me, like my, it's tough. I mean, I, I, my my preference would be towards Isaiah Thomas from the Pistons, not uh five nine Isaiah Thomas, but I say Magic as <laughs> right. Magic Isaiah Thomas and Steph Curry, uh because there's nothing you can do with them. Like I even when they were their first dynasty, mm-hmm. there was a way. You know the the strategy was muscle up on him. And he'll fade. He'll fade, and it worked to a certain extent. Mm-hmm. But I think now, I mean, he's a little bit older, but his body's a little more built up. He's a little more built to withstand, um, you know, withstand that type of pressure. But also, and this is something that I noticed from the Miami Heat run. It's exhausting going to the playoffs every year. Going it's, to the it's, finals every year, yeah. Going to the finals every year is exhausting, and after a while, it it it's not fun. It's just a job. So you need a break, a mental break. Yeah, and so physical, me, yeah. So maybe I mean Clay's injury could have been a blessing, in, blessing in disguise, because it gave the Warriors time to just play. They didn't have to go around and be the marquee matchup when they were on the road every night. They just went out there. They played. They didn't win a lot of games. But they were able to to you know get some guys some playing time that they probably wouldn't have gotten some playing time. Mm-hmm. They were able to get a high draft pick, James Wiseman, um, and they're able they have they have some really really good core guys. They got Jordan Poole out there. They brought back Looney. And they got they got they got uh they they got Andre back. They got Iggy back. Which is, they got, which they got is Iggy Dalla back. I like you, yeah. you can you can see that you can see the retooling. And once Clay's back, I mean that's. You know, it, that that's that's the cherry on top. So, you know, in in my opinion, when it comes down to the playoffs, look, the hell usually the hell it comes down to the healthiest team wins. Um, Pretty but much. if I'm looking at the Western Conference, I'm not even to be honest with you, I'm not even considering <laughs> the Lakers. That whatever they're doing down there is not working. And what I mean, it's not working. I mean, once again, Russell Westbrook. One of the most entertaining, fascinating players in the entire NBA. You cannot convince me he's a. You cannot convince me <laughs> that Russell Westbrook is the final piece on top of the cake that's going to get you a championship. He man. He can't shoot, <laughs> and he he can't shoot. And he takes a lot of shots. But back to Golden State. Um, look, man, if Clay comes back and he's 
85% of what he was before the injury, I mean, I'd have to put Golden State in the Western Conference Finals. Against who? Oof. Utah, the Clippers, Denver Nuggets when they get Jamal Murray back, or maybe somehow the Lakers sneak in. You know, it's I'm I'm I'm, I'm for me, I think probably I I would think the Jazz, even though I wouldn't pick the Jazz to win the Western Conference Finals, but they every year they just get a little bit better, and mm. they're not they've been knocking out on that door. But I think the the, the main issue with the Jazz is. They got one really good, one really good player, one really great defensive player, and a bunch of kind of good guys. And I don't know if that's enough. Yeah. Because Steph is on another planet right now. Like it's it's like he's the dude. The dude watching him play is like is is like a video game. It's like it's like two K on the PS Five. It's not fair. So. Amen. It really isn't, man. It really isn't. It's it's so unfair how he's playing, and they're doubling him, and he's 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 playing better off the double. Before, I think when he would get double team in the past, it would frustrate him. But now he's just finding lanes and back cut back back door screens, and the way that they're playing, the way the ball movement is just is just tremendous. I want to get back to the top five point guards, though. Yeah, everybody forgets this guy. I don't know why people forget this guy. So first. Magic is number one. I don't want to hear about nothing. Magic is number one. Yep. John Stockton is number two to me. I can't. Before, I can't disagree. Before Isaiah. Before Isaiah. In my opinion, I can't disagree then, with that. And then maybe Steph, and then maybe uh, Isaiah, and then it's a toss-up between Nash and Jason Kidd. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I was. I was. You know, Jason Kidd in that number two spot. I was. I was considering it just because in his prime, he was giving you points, steals, rebounds, rebounds all of that. Yeah. I mean, he was giving he was giving you everything except shooting. <laughs> What's crazy about Jay Kidd is he he got better as a shooter later on in his career, but in the beginning he he was he was terrible. Yeah, he was bad. Yeah, yeah, no, he was yeah yeah he was, but he was so good at everything else, it almost mm. didn't really matter because um, he was just like a genius on the court. But, you know, I, I will say I and you know, this is clearly I'm biased, but I mean Tim Hardaway is another mm-hmm. guy on that on that list of amazing point guards for me that, you know, I think outside of I mean, outside of Alonzo Morning, he was the only real viable perimeter threat those nineties Miami teams had. So and well, I mean we had so, Dan Marley for a couple of years. Come okay. on, man, calm down. <laughs> you don't like Dan Marley? <laughs> No, I love Dan Marley, man. But calm down, man. Dan, we, Dan was... we, we didn't we didn't get the problem is we didn't get Phoenix Dan Marley. We, no. we got a different version of him. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. like kind of like yeah, we had Jamal Mashburn, but we it wasn't the Jamal Mashburn we thought we were getting. You know. No, not Charlotte. No, yeah, yeah. So I remember those teams, PJ Brown. And, Woo! Oof, man, those, the, the Road Warriors they called them. I, they, I'm just pissed off. Uh, sorry, go ahead. No, it's just because they had a better, they had the best record in the entire league on the road, but we're like okay at home, right? Because uh, we lost Game Seven, we lost Game Five and Game Seven to the Knicks at home. I think the first one was two thousand, the second one was two thousand one. 
I'm like, how do we lose to the Knicks three years in a row, man? Like, yeah. That was just frustrating. It's interesting. They call it a rivalry because the Knicks won most of the time. But, true. I mean, look, if every series was good for a fight. At least now one I fight. I remember Van Gundy was uh, hanging on uh, <laughs> Morning's legs while his hairpiece was going up. Oh, man. Or when oh, uh, PJ, PJ Brown flipped Chris Childs like a small child. Yeah, yeah, just flipped them over. Yeah. <laughs> Those were the days, man. The late 90s, early 2000s, uh, Heat versus Knicks. The golden era. The days. Yeah. And yeah. that the funny thing is, I look at that real nostalgic. That wasn't even the best era of Miami Heat basketball. They didn't win anything during that time. The it best was, era was LeBron or D-Wade era? D-Wade was Shaq. I mean... The, I don't know. The, for me, I'm very nostalgic about the D-Wade Shaq era because that championship came out of nowhere. Like, like they, they had Brian Grant, Lamar Odom, Dwayne Wade, I think um, Damon Jones. Trade. Yeah, before right. the trade. Right. Yeah. They had all these dudes, and they shipped them all off to, to L.A., and Shaq came in town, and they held that big old parade down there in Miami, and Shaq was like, yeah, we're winning a championship. <laughs> What's crazy is D Wade. I think he got hurt in Game Four against the Pistons, and we mm-hmm. ended up losing Game Seven in Miami against the Pistons, which was that was another loss that hit me hard. Like I was like, "Oh my God!" Man. I tell you, I know a loss that hit me hard is when the the Heat were on the cusp of going to the Eastern Conference Finals, um, and then uh, Chris Bosh and Dwayne. I think Chris Bosh was out. Oh, 2016. Uh, yeah, White Whiteside and Chris Bosh got hurt. Yes. It, it, and we lost to the Raptors. That yeah, we should have beat the Raptors. And that like, that would have been that would have been the first year that we would have D Wade versus LeBron in the playoffs. Absolutely. I'm so frustrated that never happened. Because yeah, yeah they were great as teammates, but to see them go at it was even better than me. Well, even because you know they were gonna build the franchise around Bosch and Wade, and like when mm-hmm. Bosch was the man, like like he was like yeah, like he's he's still he's still that guy. And then, you know, the blood cut thing happened, and then, you know, then the Heat got some good draft picks <laughs> after that. That's the thing. I I, um, I was talking to this guy on Facebook, right? And he was uh, saying that LeBron carried the Heat and carried – I'm like, we're not the Cleveland Cavaliers. Stop it. When LeBron left us, we missed the playoffs that first year, and we made it the next year. Our team, the Miami Heat, is such a class, strong organization. They're not like the Dolphins, sorry. Hey, yeah, no offense taken. So, so it's like we're we're, we're fine without LeBron. We're, we'll be fine. Yeah, I think that was the general feeling. Is like, yeah, like the LeBron thing was an era for us, but like we are a pretty, we are a good organization. Now, mm-hmm. Cleveland, Cleveland was trash before before LeBron showed up. Then LeBron left, they were trash again. LeBron went back, they were great again. LeBron left, they were trash again. They've been trash. So they actually look better this year. They're, they're playing a little better. I think they're they're playing with more energy. I don't know what it is that it's it's start because uh, Sexton is actually playing good, and Kevin Love is still in the league somehow. I don't know. Well, you know I, they found they found they got Colin Sexton playing in the right position. They got him playing shooting guard instead of point guard. Right, point guard, yeah. And you know, at one point, like everybody on the Cavaliers was 19 years old. So, <laughs> so it's like it was a bunch of nineteen-year-olds and Chetty Osman. So you ain't gonna win a lot of games with that formula. Uh, mm-hmm. But you know they got a lot of they got they got a lot of pieces, man. But they don't, you know, 
I don't know if they have the, a whole team. The Eastern Conference, though, I mean, you got the Wizards at the number one seed. Who the hell seen the Wizards at the number one seed? You got the Wizards, you got the Bucks, the Nets. The Chicago Bulls are mm-hmm. – I don't know if you've been paying attention. They yeah. they look good, man. They look dangerous. The, the Bulls. Real dangerous. Yeah. The Bulls have a – man – this is one of them. It's almost like a like a the, like a Detroit like our early two thousands Detroit Pistons strategy where we're not going to try and get the biggest superstars out there. We're going to get a bunch of B to B pluses, and we're going to try and make it happen with a with a bunch of B to B pluses, and that's what it is. They got. I mean, yeah, look, man. DeRozan, he's you know B plus. Levine B plus. Caruso's a B, Lonzo Ball, you know, B to B plus. So no A's. I wouldn't say they have an A, but you know, I mean, the closest thing they have to an A on that team is maybe Levine, because he's like he's a legit, you know, twenty twenty to twenty five points a game at this mm-hmm. point in his career. But now they got actually they got a Caruso, who. Has he's got he's got their defense snapping right now. He's running all over the place on defense, man. He's all over the place. He's he's he plays with so much energy and so much passion. This mm-hmm. is this is a, a D well G League. They call it G League now. This is a G League player who, you know, got picked up by the Lakers and just made the best of his opportunity, which is which is great. He seems like a a guy that gets it, you know, that guy you that know, stays focused. I like them guys that that go from undrafted to like getting a real shot to do something mm-hmm. because they never, they never really lose their edge. You know, like, like they, they, they stay hungry. And I want to look at a guy like Caruso. He just, he just like, he's, he's just like one of them dudes where like, if you have a championship team, he's just one of them good dudes that is on your team. You know, like they're guys, you know, they're not superstars, but when you looking at building a championship caliber team, you need guys that will kind of do the do the dirty work, do the things that aren't pretty. You know, the Shane Battiers, the James Poseys of the world. Andre Iguodala, P.J. Tucker, I believe, yeah. P.J. Tucker guys, yeah. is a perfect example. Yeah. You know, of you know, he's P.J. Tucker is about six foot five, but he was out here guarding Kevin Durant in the playoffs. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Kevin this, was lighting them up, lighting them up, but he just kept coming at him. Up and down, but mm-hmm. I mean, he made it. He made it tough for him. So, I mean, mission accomplished. You know, that's 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 that that, that that's what his job is. So, I mean, it's looking good. But at, at the end of the day, I mean, when I'm looking at the East, I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know what. I don't There's know no definitive team yet, in my opinion. There's I don't, a bunch of good teams. I don't know. Milwaukee I've, started out bad. I don't know. Yeah, if they, yeah, they haven't been playing well. Yeah, but they still have the MVP. When if you got the MVP on your team, you always got a chance. True, true. Um, but I mean, I'm looking, I'm looking at the way the Heat are playing. And when I remember before the season, Tyler Harrell was like, "When you start talking about guys like Luca and Trey Young, you you put my name in that conversation." And he's right now, well. right now, I mean, I, I would say he's the leading candidate for sixth man of the of the year. I don't even know if it's close because yeah, if he's averaging twenty three off the bench. <laughs> so, I don't know, man. That that guy in L.A. I, I, you okay? So you guys have all all of you before the season start 
Oh, he's selfish. He's just Melo is balling, man. Car- you, I don't know if you've been yeah. watching. Carmelo is balling. He's yeah, balling. He, like, he He's another candidate for sixth man of the year. I don't know what yeah. it is about him. It kind of going to the Lakers probably rejuvenated his career, but he looks happy. He's he's playing his role well. So I think that's another candidate. And, you know, Jordan Clarkson, too, is always a chance for sixth man of the year. Yeah. I think my, my main thing is – I think my main thing with the Lakers is they have a lot of good players. I don't know if all of them should be on the same team. Mm. I've, like – I. Honestly, I think if you swapped out Russell Westbrook for Alex Caruso, the Lakers would be a better team. I think if you swap Westbrook with Damon Lillard, Lakers would be a better team. But I don't know if that's going to ever happen. Yeah, I mean, they're the the Lakers' salary would be like <laughs> their salary cap would be like two hundred and fifty million dollars. That happened, like that's 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 too many All Stars. But yeah, I mean, look, Dame. Dame ain't going nowhere unless he gets traded. So yeah, but uh, he's he's. I don't know if he's doing well. That's that's crazy to think he's doing this on purpose. But he's not having a good season, and neither is Portland. Do you think? Well, okay, so listen to this neither, trade and they see. Neither like is this. James Harden. Neither is James Harden. Because Hard, lot- so Kyrie for Dame Lillard. Would you like that trade? I mean. Kyrie for Dame. Look, I mean, I think that'd be a great trade for Brooklyn because Kyrie ain't playing this season. <laughs> so, but I mean, I would say in general, I mean, at this, ooh, no, I wouldn't make that trade. No, no, no I, I, I would. I mean, if if I got Dame Lillard, I'm not moving him for Kyrie because I feel like Dame gives just just gives you more stuff off the court. Like on the court, they're pretty similar, but right, Dame right. Dame is like the full package. Kyrie is the most talented point guard, most skilled point guard ever. Um, but I mean, the only reason why he's a point guard is because he's not tall enough to be a shooting guard. That's that's pretty mm-hmm. much the rub on Kyrie, right? It's kind of like how they try to make Allen Iverson a point. Allen Iverson ain't no point. Allen Iverson's a shooting guard. He ain't no point guard. It's just he's I six think foot he's tall. More of a combo guard. He's well, yeah, yeah. He's six foot tall. Like you, you can't. You know what I mean? You gonna have you gonna have him. Uh, you gonna have D Wade post him up all game long. <laughs> it's not gonna be pretty. True. What, yeah, man. About about James Harden though, and not just James Harden. You have James Harden. You have a Dame that says something, and a couple of other players. I don't know if you if you heard about the rule change, but there's no more of. Them, the offensive player leaning into the defender to draw uh-huh. the foul. They're taking that away. And now you see James Harden go from 25 points a game to 18 points a game. Trey He's Young. Struggling. Trey Young, too. I personally, I love the rule change. I think that that made the league soft looking for fouls. Like, stop looking for a foul. Just play ball. That's what yeah. I, if I was in front of James Harden, I'm like, yo, stop crying about not getting a foul call. Just play ball. And if you get fouled, cool, but don't look for it. Just play. But he's getting frustrated. And I just, I just, I kind of, I laugh because it's like, it, it kind of exposes James a little bit. Maybe he isn't as great as I thought he was. But what do you think about that? I mean, I love it. You know, I like, I like watching the highlights of superstars staring down referees every game. <laughs> like, at a certain point, you got to realize that that old, I'm going to sweep the ball underneath. And shoot 
and my arm is just going to happen to get tangled up with your arm as I go to put up my shot. You're starting to re- like the ref. The refs know what's up. Like when they see this happening, they know what's going on. And now it's like, I mean, James Harden isn't happy about it, but everybody else seems to be happy with it. Like watching just, the game. Just adjust. Like I mean, at a certain point, it's just like, you know, are people really going to games to watch James Harden go to the foul line fifteen times a game? Is that is that really what the game is? Because it's it's you know it's kind of like James Harden is talented talented enough on his own that he doesn't need to do that. But when he was able to exploit that rule, he was unstoppable. Like he was getting easy ten points a game off off you know off off of the tomfoolery. Um, he would get ten. He would get ten to twenty free throws attempts every game, and it's like, so now it's, it's it's trickling down because they you know they changed the rules. I think that he will adjust by next year, maybe February, March. But he, oh, he's going he's going to adjust. He's going by next to. week. He's going he's going to adjust by next week. Yeah, like okay. at at a, at a certain point, you know, he's 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 the, the thing is on the Brooklyn. There's another killer on that team. Mm-hmm. And event, I know him and KD are having conversations. That at a certain point, KD is going to be like, "Hey, man, they ain't calling it." So you got to find, you got to get to other spots. You got to, you know, that 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 toy in your bag is no longer valid. But you got so many other tools in your bag. You don't you don't need that. You don't need to do that to be great. Mm-hmm. But it's mad. It's mad easy, you know. Especially James Harden, but he's he's really stocky, so right. it's easy for him to engage the defender in contact. So I think a lot for a lot of these guys, it's muscle memory, right? They 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 probably been practicing, you know, the whole you know pump fake jump, you know, jump into the guy, the sweep under, tangle the arm, you know, all that. Right, right, right. The flare, like they got hit, yeah. You know, they practice all this stuff. So now it's just like, oh, man, now I got to play ball. You know, and that's like, now now I got to play ball. It is what it is, man. Everybody else, look, I don't see Jimmy Butler having any problems. Mm -hmm. I don't see see LeBron James having any problems. I don't, I mean, you know. It's 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 pretty obvious the people that are having problems, and it's the people who you know when you turn on the highlights, it's you know the guys that are that are that are jumping in the guys stuff like that, but they're all talented. They just got to figure it out. I I said before that that team is so dysfunctional, the Brooklyn Nets, you know, with the whole Kyrie situation, but Kevin Durant is having a great season. It's going under under the radar under the radar. Do you think that they have enough to win it all, like the Nets, without no. Kyrie? No. No? No. The whole thing hinges on all three of them. Mm-hmm. Like, James, Har- James Harden and, and, and Kevin Durant is Oklahoma City without Russell Westbrook. I mean, that's, that, that's what it is. That's what it is. It's Oklahoma City without Russell Westbrook. So... I mean, they you know they got some they got some nice pieces around them, but I mean, Ky- I mean, the thing is, when you got KD, you got a chance. But right. I don't know about you. 
I'm not a believer in playoff James Harden. I've seen it too many times. I've said that all the time. And it's just, he just, he just disappears in the playoffs. Like he doesn't play with that same aggression that he does in the regular season, that same passion or energy. I don't know what it is. I think in like definitive series, like he, he's good for one game where he'll go like three for 20. He's good for at least one game like that. You know, where it was like like game six against Golden State. You, I mean, what the what Houston? They went like four for forty from three point. It was just, it was it was comical. Um, and look, I mean, Katie, Katie's a killer. James Harden's great, but I don't know if he's a killer the way Katie's a killer, the way Kyrie is a killer. I don't Kyrie know. He is a killer. Yeah. I don't know if James Harden is a killer. I know he's talented. I, think, I know he's a great mm-hmm. scorer. I don't know if he's a killer, though. I think if they had Kyrie there, that would cover up James Harden's mental whatever it is when he gets in the playoffs. I think that he's good enough to help him win if they had Kyrie. But just him and just I, I think if it was just Kyrie and Kevin Durant, they would have a, a, a better chance as well. I think so. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. I think I think mostly because. I think, well, mostly because KD and Kyrie, you know, when you come down to these defining moments, these games, you know, you, you can't hit all the shots, but mm-hmm. they've hit enough of them to show that, hey, man, look, I remember that one time Kyrie did like almost like it was almost like a barrel roll, like like he did like the skip to my loo. I'm going to roll around on the floor and then cross the ball over and shoot. Like, who thinks of doing that at the end of the game? Like, how comfortable are you with a basketball that you're pulling out a playground move at the end of a playoff game? <laughs> like, that's a killer. That's that a killer. special, man. It, it, it's just, I don't know. Like, I hope that something happens for, for, the, for their sake. Or, like, I, I don't want to see Kyrie retire. You know, like I want to see him mm-hmm. playing as, as as annoying as he is sometimes to some people like he he's just his talent is too great to not. It's just frustrating, man. I don't know what's going to happen. I don't know if they're going to trade him. They've been talking about trading him. I don't know what's going to happen. If, if he's going to take the shot. Uh-huh. I, I don't get it. I don't know. It's, it's just a, weird. It's, it's a weird you situation. Know, the whole I mean, look, the whole thing of Brooklyn hinges on hinges on all three of them. And. Two is not enough. That's just what it is. Two is not enough. Um, but I'm gonna be honest with you, man. I think this year, I think I think this year the NBA champion is, is gonna. It's not gonna be who everybody thinks it's going to be. As a matter of like, fact, like Milwaukee were, last year. If I were to make a prediction, I would say this year's NBA Finals. More than likely, it would be Golden State, Miami. Ooh. I think that I think that's that's what the NBA Finals is going to be. Not the you don't think the Bulls are good enough to beat the Heat? No, not yet. It's you know they're good. I don't know if they can put it all together year one. Right? Yeah, not year one. Not year. That's that's my thing. I mean, they can. I think so. They're really good, but I mean, they also have not faced any adversity yet also the bull also ain't nobody injured on their team either 
Like they're kind That's of true. a they're kind of a team that is the sum of the sum of its all sum of all of its parts. Um, you know, you take Caruso out the mix, you take DeRozan out the mix, all of a sudden the Bulls look like the Bulls again. <laughs> the Bulls uh, post Michael Jordan, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post Michael Jordan, pre Derrick Rose. Right, right. You know, the Bulls look like the Bulls again. So, hey, man, it's it's tough, especially you talking about getting down to the playoffs. Boy, it you can be really good, but it's a lot. It's a lot better to be really healthy. True, like you said earlier, the healthiest team wins usually most of the mm-hmm. time. Like, I mean, let's be honest with you. Let's be honest. Oh, Toronto had to, Toronto had no business winning that NBA championship. They had no business winning that championship. Oh, okay, okay. L- let me just say something because yeah. a lot of people say that, and I get I get it. My my opinion on that, or my point on that, sometimes the road to the championship means a lot. So yes, once they got to the finals, Clay went down. Kevin Durant wasn't healthy. They had they had an easy run. I get that, but they had to beat Philly. And Milwaukee, and they did it. So I think that that championship is still it means something because they had to get to it. So I, I I feel I feel you that they had an easier shot because the Warriors weren't healthy, but they still had to get through the two teams on top to get to the championship. So I mean, I, I still give them credit. I hear what you're saying, and and what you're saying is absolutely valid. But I mean, that's something that every team has to go through. Every sure. team's got to fight those wars to get to the to the finals. And then, but, you know, not every team gets to go to the finals and all of a sudden, the red carpet is laid out. I mean, let's just keep it a buck. You know, the, the, the red carpet was laid. Once, once, <laughs> once KD and Clay went out, the, Dave, the red carpet was laid out. Let me just say, if, if Clay was healthy, because I don't know if you remember, Clay was balling in game six. Yeah, he was. He, he was balling his was, eyes out. I, I think the Warriors could have won with just Clay and Steph. That's yep. how much... That's how much Clay was affected that game. So you never know. But I agree with you. Yeah. Yeah. I just um. I, go ahead. Go ahead. I'm sorry. It's 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 you know it's it's just one of those things where sometimes the the getting there is is the hardest part. Is it's just getting there. Um, yeah. but you know it's one of those things where you know if Kawhi got injured, Golden State wouldn't be. I wouldn't be out here talking to. Well, let's say uh, if Golden, if if Kawhi got injured and Golden State swept, like that would still be a valid championship for Golden State. So it's still a valid championship for the Raptors. But wow. y'all had a lot of luck on your side. You had a lot of luck yeah. on your side. I agree. I don't. Um, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. It's just, it's just you know, all NBA players don't always go down within three days. That's all I'm saying. That is crazy, man. He came in, went down, and then Clay went down the next game. Yep. Which is, yeah, that's they had a lot of luck. You're right. The Raptors actually had a lot of luck, but you know, it's still kind of valid. Um, another example of that. Well, actually, I want to transition to another topic. Have you heard about what's going on with the Phoenix Suns? Nah, go no. Uh, let me know. The owner Robert oh, Savers, yeah. uh yeah, he's uh being outed as being racist, sexist. And, you know, just being an unhealthy work environment. And a lot of players and ex-coaches and ex-personnel people are coming out against him. And they're saying that his wife is reaching out to the to the, um, to the the actual the victims trying to, you know, pay, pay them off. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. It's, I didn't think they had owners like this in the NBA. I, th- I thought that was more of an NFL thing, you know, the closet races, but. Nope. I think what we're, what, what we're clearly seeing here. And I'm going to try and, and be as truthful as I can while also being tactful. But mm-hmm. we live in a world, we live in a world, particularly we have an economic system that favors the very few to have the largest amount of wealth while the many are basically uh, fighting over the leftovers. And when you look at a guy like Robert Sarver, you know, I, I can't help but think about how how the intersection of capitalism and white supremacy have elevated him to where he is right now. Because it's not as if it's not as if he owned he started he owned the team and then all of a sudden things probably turned for the worse. The Phoenix Suns are likely run very similar to the way his business was run. Uh, I, I'm I'm almost certain of it. Almost kind of very similar to how I'm almost certain the L.A. Clippers were run, very similar to the way Donald Sterling ran his businesses. Now, I, now when you say, and you know, I thought the NFL was kind of the old boys' club. I didn't think the NBA was. I mean, I, from my knowledge. Like a hundred, what isn't it? Like ninety-seven percent of all NBA teams are old, are owned by old white guys, right? Like it ain't no different. Ain't ain't no NFL, MLB, NBA. It ain't no difference between all of them. It's all the same club. Just it's just a different door, right? Mm-hmm. So when you say, so when they say, you know, and these, these people have been talking about Phoenix for a while. When they say, you know, abuse, uh, toxic workplace. Um, you know, uh, just, you know, discrimination, all these things happening. For me, when I look at it, it's just like, how long do we need to look the gift horse in the mouth before? I mean, but before we 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 can kind of just connect all the dots. And to a certain extent, it's like when when people are very rich and powerful, we don't necessarily want. To see the full truth, I think to to a certain extent we believe that people that are incredibly wealthy are good. We don't want to think that people that have attained that have attained great wealth are bad people, because we have such we associate people who are very successful with being um, being good at everything. Like you're you you have a lot of money, so you must be killing it across the board. When in actuality, um, you just may be very good at, at, at generating wealth, mm-hmm. which is a skill a lot of people have. But it just happens that wealth is the most uh, wanted commodity in the entire world. Now, to the wife part. Once again, we're talking about the intersection of capitalism and white supremacy. You have – this man is a billionaire. And his wife is reaching out to to other to former employees. Now that the former employees, they said they said what they said, and they, you know I, I I take them at their word for what they said about how the workplace was. But she, the wife, she said, you know, I just wanted to reach out with them and set the record straight. No, 
Like, like, how dumb do you think people are? I know, without knowing, I know you were calling them up saying, oh, I know the, where you work at. Oh, yeah, I know. I know the wife of the CEO of that company where you work at. Oh, I know the I know the president of I know the president's wife of that company X, Y and Z. You know, she was out there saying, if you keep saying what you're saying, I'm going to make your life uncomfortable and understand that I have the power to do that. So when she says I was just setting the record straight, she's not trying to set the record straight. She's trying to she's trying to set the record lopsided because the, the straight record is out now. The, the, mm-hmm. the straight record's out now, so you're, you're, you're trying to put Pandora back into the box. The issue is, the issue is what Hove has taught us so long ago. We don't believe you. You need more people. <laughs> Y'all are just a bunch of rich, racist liars. Period. That's it. So they're doing what they do. Because that's all they know how to do. They're, you know, they're very wealthy, they're very powerful, but they're trash human beings. And the sooner the NBA kicks kicks them both out, I think the better the NBA will be. Do you do you remember that Donald Sterling situation? I think what 2014. You remember yeah. that? Yeah, I remember that. Yeah, man. That I I don't. I got to be careful what I say because I don't want to. I don't, I don't know what it is about, not all of them, but these people or why they feel that way or why they have a superiority complex where they, they feel like they're the more important race or they're, they've brainwashed people so much, especially us black people to think that we we are beneath them when we should all be together as one. And mm-hmm. it's just, it's very, it's very unfortunate because they're, they make it bad for the, all the other people out there because there they are good white people out there. There are very decent white people who are good people and good friend people and treat everybody fair. But the ones that are bad just make makes it worse for everybody else, especially the ones that are on top and rich and famous and powerful. It's just frustrating. Like nobody should have to come to work and be stressed out and be angry and be sad working there. Everybody should come to work and just have a a clear peace of mind. Like who wants to come to work to be, be, be rated and, and, you know, like some of the mm-hmm. stuff that they said, some of the stuff that he, they alleged that he said, you know, you know, with the, with the women working there, it's just, it's just terrible. Nobody should have to, you know, be angry coming to work. So I, I agree with you. If they need to get him out of there, as far as um like, just like when um Adam Silver banned, banned the, the, the Clippers owner a few years back, yeah, I don't know if it's it's to that point because they're still doing an investigation. But if if they have to do it, just get people like that out of the NBA because that to me that I, tarnishes the league. I think the the main the main problem isn't that it happened. The main problem is that it has been happening for seventeen years, and we still have no idea about what we have. We have no idea what to do about it. That is the that the issue is not him. He is who he is. Now, yeah. as a society or, you know, within the NBA, they need to come to an understanding about what are the basic rules of governing a franchise that everybody has to abide by. Because it appears 
Of course, the NBA has rules and bylaws and all these things, but you can basically run your franchise the way you see fit. Now, if you have a workplace that is abusive, that is toxic, where there are allegations of sexual harassment, if there's um, just ev- everything that is associated with a bad business is associated with this franchise, particularly with this owner. And then once – for me, once I see the wife coming out and contacting people that are – I mean obviously that's clearly her trying to intimidate them. So when I see that, I, I don't look at them and say, what's wrong with you because you are who you are. The, the sure. main issue is the league is supposed to have some type of protocol in place. So if a if an owner – is going about behavior, is going about running their organization. And I'm not just talking about wins and losses. I'm talking about going about running their organization in a way that is antithetical to the values of the NBA as a whole. What is the protocol for correcting that situation? Because if this has been really been going on for 17 years, which is They're, a long time. That is that is the biggest stain on the NBA. Is the same thing with the Donald Sterling situation. People been knowing he's been racist since the eighties, yeah. But it took them what twenty, maybe thirty something or some odd years to do something about it. Robert Sauber, it's been seventeen years. Y'all gonna wait another fifteen years and then kick him out? That's the issue. The issue is not him. He is who he is. The issue is us. What is our tolerance? for organizations that do not treat people well and that is a question that only we can answer and i it's just i'm just afraid because i don't want nothing to come out about mickey arison you know the owner for the miami heat so few you know so far since he's owned the team they he's been nothing but classes as far as what people say but you know mm-hmm. things come out in the future but um that just makes me worry. That puts a bad light on on the um, on the NBA for me because I've always been, in my opinion, NBA over NFL as far as the quality of yeah, people, me too. the way that they. I've always been that way because I, I feel like the NFL, bunch of old white men that are stuck in their ways, and now it's coming out that more owners in the NBA are just like the NFL owners. It's, it's it kind of hurts me. Kind of puts a bad light on the NBA because I I love the NBA so much. I love basketball, but I also love mm-hmm. the NBA. And they've been very social conscious, and it just just looks bad. So I I don't know. I hope it's just him. Yeah, I mean, it's not. <laughs> it's 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 if 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 I know anything about the world, I I know for a fact it's not. Hmm. And been particularly because they said this has been going on for over two almost two decades, and we're just finding out. Mm-hmm. What what about the owner that's been doing it for three years, five years, six years, ten years? We don't even – we have no idea. But it seems like once things hit the 20-year mark, that's when the, the, the wallpaper starts to come off the walls, right? But at that point, the damage has been done to enough people. So, for example, the question I would have is if an NBA – if an employee of an NBA franchise – is experiencing a toxic uh, workplace, who in the league can they contact? Who in the league, who in the league can they reach out to and say, hey man, this guy is wiling out over here. And I know he owns a team, but y'all own the league. So right, yeah. 
what are you going to do about this situation? Because this is a situation. And it's one of those things where you can't really – there's nowhere to go. You can't go to HR because he he pays HR, right? <laughs> like who uh, who who are you going yeah, who are you going to call? Go Ghostbusters? Like who are you going to call? So you know, the league really needs to look at their protocols and come to an understanding of if you're an employee of an NBA franchise and where that is engaging in abusive workplace behavior – what recourse do I have to get some form of justice or recourse or um, have the league, you know, because the league has taken over a franchise before mm-hmm. uh, with New Orleans. The league took the whole franchise over and just ran the franchise. So is that what the protocol is for the, for the league, which is we we've seen enough evidence that. You are not fit to represent the NBA, so we're going to run the Suns until we can find an ownership group that will run this franchise right. Yeah, I agree. Maybe it hasn't got to that point yet, but you never know. We might get to that point either later this season or during the offseason. Just one more topic. I just want to get your thoughts on this. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you saw me and Quinte's conversation or heard it, I should say. The Colin Kaepernick Netflix special or whatever did you watch it how did what did you think do you think quinte said he was saying that kaepernick used it to get paid he didn't really believe in what basically said he didn't really believe in what he was trying to do i said initially that was the that was the thing like him kneeling down initially i, I think he was really trying to protest mm-hmm. I, do i think he used it to make you know to make money and make yes i i do but initially i thought he was really I thought he was really honest with his protest. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I will say Colin Kaepernick is aware, much like everybody else is aware, that once he started protesting, his career was over. And that's something that nobody really wanted to say. You know, people say, oh, well, they offered him a tryout, but he didn't really want to play. Oh, well, you know, what's this guy? Does he really want to up it up it up it up it up? All right. Let's, 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 let's be honest. Once he started protesting, it was it was lights out on his career. And people said, well, Eric Reed protested. He's in the league. Eric Reed is a safety. He's not a quarterback. Mm. Right? He's, Eric Reed does not move jerseys. Uh, but quarterbacks do. So at a certain point, Colin Kaepernick has to be aware. I need to earn the living. Like, the thing that I have dedicated my whole life to doing, I can't do any longer. Mm. So I need to move on to my second act of my career. And I, I also think to a certain extent, we think that people that do work in social justice, that do work in trying to improve the overall climate of our society, we think they should all do that work and be broke. Like we we think we 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 think that anybody that tries to help out society as a whole should be dead mm. broke because mm. the only way you are authentically looking out for the people in the community is if you are broker than them. Mm-mm. We tend we cannot believe, or we choose to not believe that someone could positively impact the community that where they are from, and also make a good living. We 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 we. For whatever reason, 
it's it's almost like we want to give we want to give the 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 super wealthy person that give that that passes out turkeys on Thanksgiving want to give them a round of applause but the second that the person that has clearly demonstrated that they are with the cause against police brutality and social justice the second they maybe they want to sell you a shoe maybe they got a TV show they might want you to watch maybe they got a documentary they might want you to pay to pay to see you know maybe they have an appearance that that they may charge you to hear to see them talk at the second they do that oh they, they didn't believe in that in the first place oh they weren't mm. really with the cause oh they yes. weren't really with what they were talking about it, it's the notion on its face is preposterous absolutely preposterous dizzy i believe he believes in what he believes in just as strongly today as he did when he first started i believe that now, you may say he has a Netflix special. He's not really with the cause. If you believe that, I don't know what to tell you. Except, except, you know, I think we're very used to, we're very used to piecemeal justice. We're, 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 we're very used to, um, you know, uh, these big corporations with these infomercials or these these little commercials talking about, oh man, look how much money we're investing to this community. Oh, we spent we look oh, we we sent all these pallets of water to Flint. Look at us, look at what we're doing. We don't really seem to um, value the people that are out here in these streets every day, actually putting in the work. Nor do we value the people who actually are putting money in their pockets to do this work. For example, when I'm Colin Kaepernick is out here um, giving business suits to people that that are coming out of jail, so when they go on job interviews, they can get the job. That's not something that people actually even think about. Is that people transitioning tr- into the regular society? A lot of them, particularly people that are formerly incarcerated, they have oftentimes little to no support mm-hmm. and something that as simple as a as a suit to go to an interview it's something and you know no one person can do it all you know people like martin luther king or gandhi these, these people are prophets they couldn't they couldn't solve all these problems that we got no one person can solve all these problems but if you can draw attention to a significant um to a significant issue for any amount of time and you keep the ball rolling so the arc of justice continually um the arc of justice continually bends towards a more equal society then that is mission accomplished so you know to 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 say that oh he's he's not really in it i don't believe that i don't believe it and i and i also don't believe that because you want to improve the country that you live in, the society that you live in, the community that you come from, and you don't want to live in a shack on the side of the road does not mean you have any less authenticity. I think that was well said, brother, because people, you know, people would say that he's not down for the cause because he other, other people exploit situations and make money off of, you know, the negativity. He's he's doing something 
he's trying to make money off something positive to try to spread light on you know certain situations so i get your money bro i don't hate on you man make do a netflix special do a whatever you got to do if you make your money because this is a capitalist world you know yep. like we have to you have to make your money as much as you can so this i this is the system that we have yeah i don't i don't disagree i do your thing I, and i don't hate on him at all yeah but, um, it's it's hard for me to hate on him i mean it's it's I think it's I think it's just one of the situations where I just think I just think we need to be as a community we need to be a little less crabs in a barrel and we yeah. need to understand that our that our leaders are not perfect as a matter of fact no leaders are perfect but I will say I don't know I don't know outside of outside of the Rodney King incident i don't know if the topic of police brutality was spoken of more than when colin kaepernick did what he did mm-hmm. and when you can get a whole country to focus on that when they don't want to you did your job that's something yeah that's something i agree man any uh final thoughts before we close this thing out as always it's uh good to be on here talk about what's going on uh, through the lens of sports. Uh, good to talk to you as always, you know. Mm-hmm. Always and always always enjoy these conversations. And uh what else? No passes given. It's still up. I'm not uploading nothing, but y'all keep subscribing. Appreciate that. Uh you know, the march to a thousand subscribers is 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 going strong. We, we likely will get there by the end of the year. So I, I appreciate that. And, um, you know, everybody out there, be, you know, stay safe, uh, you know, do what you got to do because this world out here, it's a game of give and take. Mm-hmm. And as much as you may want to give, you also have to realize that you have to take as well. So stay frosty. And again, you know, I don't know if you guys have been paying attention, but we are teaming up with a sports betting website, uh, betnow.edu. Don't forget to use our promo code, N-F-D-B-E-T. You know, just make sure you use it. I think they cover about 30% of whatever you put in. So make sure you check us out. And also check us out on YouTube and Facebook Live and Apple Podcasts. This is Not For Debate. Havoc and G-Money. Everybody have a good night. Peace.